Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we will be learning about Special Olympics Clatsop County and the Worldwide Special Olympics Program. In the studio, I have David McElhoney. David is a Special Olympics Clatsop County Sports Manager Coach. Good morning, David. Hello. Good morning, Donna. Very glad to have you here. Thank you. We are glad to be here also. I also have Peggy Holyoke. Peggy is the Special Olympics Special Olympics Clatsop County Fundraising Manager. Good morning, Peggy. Hi, Donna. We're excited to be here. Well, good. I'm going to learn. I know we're all going to learn a lot of things today about Special Olympics. And we have the honor of having Misha Porter in the studio. Misha is a Special Olympics Clatsop County athlete, and she is a two-time participant in the World Special Olympics Games. Good morning, Good Misha. morning. Good morning. Um, before we talk about Special Olympics, uh, the overall program worldwide, and Special Olympics Clatsop County and all the programs, um, let's learn a little bit about each of you. So, Peggy, please tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, um, <coughs> we've lived in Astoria, my husband and I, for over 40 years. We have eight children and 17 grandchildren. Our youngest, Alyssa, is what brought us into Special Olympics um, because of her intellectual disabilities. But um, I'm also a registered nurse and work at a local hospital. And so I just love making Special Olympics a big part of my life because I've seen so much impact in the people around me, both um, volunteers and the athletes themselves. Yeah, it affects everyone. It's not just, yeah, the athletes and the people who are, who are participating. It's, uh, so, and we'll learn more about that later. Thank you so much. And David, please tell us about yourself. I'm a local resident. I, uh, my family moved here with the Coast Guard a little over 20 years ago, and my younger brother has intellectual disabilities and uh, got us involved with Special Olympics um, and been a part of uh, Special Olympics for the last six years. It's been just a wonderful experience seeing the smiles that's put on these uh, athletes' faces and just the enjoyment they have at the different events. It's just, it's just a lo- lot of enjoyment. Um, been the head coach of uh, the soccer team the last few years, and just to see them score a goal and the excitement and the uh, just the celebrations that they have, it's, it's definitely... A, quite fun. Well, we need more inspirational, life-affirming, joyful moments like the kind that happen with people involved with Special Olympics, for sure. Um, Misha Porter, please tell us about yourself. I have been in Special Olympics for over 40 years, and I started here in Oregon when I was a youngster. And what did you start doing when you were a Track and field. And then you went on to... Um, bowling and swimming and equestrian and basketball and soccer. And weightlifting. And powerlifting, Powerlifting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so you grew up in, oh, no, you were born in Iowa and then you grew up here. I was born in Iowa and then I came here when my sister was young. So we've been here quite a while and then we lived in Washington so I've been in Washington Special Olympics, Montana Special Olympics, and Oregon Special Olympics. All right. And you live currently in Hammond. What? And you live in Hammond right now. Yeah, I live in yeah. Hammond, yeah. Right. Okay. Excellent. Well, all right. What, uh, Peggy, why don't you start us off, please? What is, for those folks who may not know, like, what is Special Olympics worldwide? 
Well, Special Olympics is an international organization. It was begun over 50 years ago by Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who had investment through her own family situations um, in caring about people with intellectual disability. And it has grown immensely to become worldwide. Um, we serve children and youth eight years on up if they have an intellectual disability, clear through as long as that person is can be medically cleared by their doctor to participate in sports. So we have athletes in their 50s, 60s, around the world, 70s or older. And the purpose of it is to give them the opportunities to demonstrate courage, to learn skills, to increase their physical fitness and health, to um, make a place in the community, to have the opportunity to gain friends, experience joy, I could go on. It, Special Olympics is immense in its scope and purpose. And um, so, Peggy, how how do people like what qualifies as an intellectual disability? And and I mean, how I I don't know that world. Okay. Well. A long time ago, there weren't diagnostics and there weren't special ed classes in schools and things like that. And, and people just knew that maybe their family member seemed overly challenged with things that the typical person could do. Uh, or maybe it was much more obvious than that and it was kept very hush-hush and people lowered their voices because you just don't talk about those things out loud. And, and I still see that sometimes in people like my mother's generation. Um, they... they it's not comfortable for them to address the fact that not everybody has the same abilities as what we think of as typical. And yet, when people come involved with Special Olympics, they find that the athletes they, they associate with are an example to them of, of bravery, of, of accepting challenge, and, and so on. And so to qualify for Special Olympics, you have a diagnosis of intellectual disability. And these days, particularly in school-age children, families know that because it's identified. They watch. There's a spectrum, yeah. and, and it's yeah. wherever. There doesn't need to be official paperwork saying what their disability is. But if they have one and they qualify medically, they're eligible for Special Olympics. Physical disabilities or not might be present as well. We work with the whole spectrum. Well, it's it seems like we're moving away from that shame-based kind yes. of, a, of way of looking at things. Yes, hooray. Yes, hooray, exactly. And that's because of work by people like you all, you know, that you're, you know, you're high, you're highly engaged and involved, and so is David. And um, what is Special Olympics then, Clatsop County? Well, we are broken up. Um, the Special Olympics is broken up in different, uh, different groups. And uh, in the state of Oregon, it's broken up in uh, from the state level. Then it's broken up into the counties. And our county is um, its own self-entity. Um, we are supported by the state. But we uh, are self-funding. We are self-coaching. Uh, we we put our teams together and um, we bring them to regionals, and we hope to bring back a gold from those regionals and state competitions. Um, so okay, so let's say that you have um, uh, uh, an intellectually um, disabled athlete here who wants to be part of Special Olympics Classic County. Um, maybe they're in school or they're out of school. It doesn't matter. Um, and they 
would get in contact with you all. And you have a Facebook page, Instagram page. And there's a state website which lists all the different chapters. And uh, and then there's year-round um, coaching, right? Yes. Uh, we, uh, we offer uh, sports year-round. And uh, currently we got fall registration coming up for our fall sports. We got three sports. We, locally, we got swimming, uh, soccer, and bowling. And we're going to have registration coming up. Uh, online registration starts in the beginning of August. And uh, then we have multiple locations that's going to be set up for on-site physical locations. And we're just looking for athletes and volunteers to come out. We, we just love to see new faces come out and compete and uh, be a part of the, the, you know, the teamwork that is Special Olympics. So then there are regional uh, games, yes, uh, competitions, and then you go on to state. Yes, um, right now this uh, this year we only got regionals um, due to um, the com- the relaunch of our state um, organization. But in the coming years, we're going to have multiple uh, competitions. Uh, this year, our soccer competition is once again being held at the Providence Park, which is where our local MLS team, Timbers, play. And it's it's just going to be a great amount of fun. And we just play on their pitch. A um, bunch of, you know, games going on all day. And uh, at the end of the day, there's medals held, handed out. And there's, uh, there's always a dance at the end. So then there's regional, state, national, and then international. Yes, there, there, there's definitely different levels, just kind of like how we do uh, kind of like the Olympic uh, turnouts so that we can get a Olympic, U.S. Olympic team together to put them to the games. Uh, we have a similar um, setup like that in Special Olympics, uh, different levels. We got the state, the nationals, and then go on. The U.S. games were just held this last year. And Misha, you have medals with you. So let's hear about your experience. You were in the World Special Olympics Games twice. In 1995, I got to go to New Haven, Connecticut and do powerlifting. I brought home three gold medals in my competition. I um, deadlifted 195, I believe. Wow. And then I benched like 65 to 75. And you're you're not a, you're a tiny person, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and then in 2011, I got to go to Greece, and I brought home a bronze and a gold. My um, not bronze and a silver, and my bronze was in the um, hundred hundred meter walk, and then my sil- silver was in the softball throw. And what is it that you love about competing and being in Special Olympics? I get to make new friends, learn different things, and get to enjoy being around a lot of people at one time. And when you started this, did you say, oh, gosh, I'm not really an athlete, I'm not fit? Because, I mean, because I would think that would be a barrier to anybody, no matter what, um, that they would think, oh, gosh, I'm not in good enough shape, blah, blah, blah. How how did that work for you? I was a bit nervous at first when I, when I begun when I was young, but I act, uh, oh, then I, I got used to it and it was fun. Okay, so you don't have to have athletic ability. No, not no. at all, Donna. Um, 
we just encourage people to come out and just enjoy the opportunity to compete, you know, and the competition spirit <coughs> in all of us to compete with one another and to, you know, try to, we've always been, you know, that type of breed that, hey, we want to outwin each other in a race or whatever. And that's just the pure excitement when you see them on the, on the pitch or on the track, you just see them just out there competing and you see the in, just the enjoyment um this the smiles that they give it's this pure enjoyment when they're out there yeah it doesn't matter if we win or lose not at all that's right so wait what is that motto peggy there's let a me, motto oh, let me ahead. win but if i cannot win let me be brave in the attempt all right misha thank you let me win but if i cannot win let me be brave in the attempt. Yes, and we need to be brave and courageous in today's world in ever so many ways. Um, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn, and today we're talking about Special Olympics Clatsop County. They're going to be having a fundraiser this fall, so stay tuned to learn more about that. Um, but you can go on their Facebook or Instagram um, there's a statewide website as well, and we're going to find out ways that you can engage and be involved with these incredibly joyful programs. Um, today in the studio, I have David McElhoney. David is a Special Olympics Class of County Sports Manager and Coach. I have Misha Porter. Misha is a Special Olympics Class of County athlete, and she's a two-time participant in the World Special Olympics Games, and she has all kinds of medals that she brought into the studio today. Um, and also we have Peggy Holyoke. Peggy is the Special Olympics Class of County Fundraising Manager. Peggy, let's talk about fundraising. How do you all put on these programs, and, and where are you in terms of bringing new programs in and engaging you know, other people in the community? Well, that's an exciting, although huge, topic. Um, the good news is, is that every dollar we raise at an event or through donation in Clatsop County stays in Clatsop County benefiting the athletes. The new guidelines that were given from state are that um, we seek for sponsors for our fundraising events so that the money that a an event costs does not come out of donations that came in from previous events or donations that just simply came in from individuals or businesses and so on so that we can truly say 100 percent of what we're of what you're giving us for the athletes is benefiting your local athletes mm. now to accomplish that and at the same time grow is just a huge thing because Clatsop County is a relatively small program we have new um management team in place and our goals <laughs> are really exciting um, we want to reach out to the schools because right now we're pretty much an adult program. Our participants are past school age, but again, eight years old on up are eligible. So we have a special education teacher new in the community, Kelly Beemel, who will be helping us reach out into the schools to invite athletes to come in. To do that, we need more funds. We also want to add sports. You heard maybe uh, Misha say that she did equestrian. We don't have equestrian as a sport offered here in Clatsop County, but I know people with horses. So we need to get the funding so that we can offer that and additional sports. David, do you want to tell about the unified sports? Um, yeah. Um, Special Olympics is also not just for ones that have intellectual disabilities. We have, we have teams in, that are called unified teams and that means people that are non-intellectual dis disability are joined with those that are disabled uh disability and 
they form a team and they compete with other other unified teams and uh that's who they the athletes are really looking up to is us those that are all around them all the time and uh, it's just a great excitement to see them out there you know and it's something that you it's not like it has to be a everyday thing um we we only hold practice once a week and uh competitions on a on the weekend usually uh, and um yeah we're all, we're we're looking forward to just the future and what what it holds we just love the opportunity to expand our programs and to have more people involved with uh, us locally and not for us to be such a small group that we're depending on everybody to come out for an event doesn't matter if it's a sport or a fundraiser just to make it work uh, we're just looking for the future well, I think it's really interesting that you have this program, and, and that's one thing that w we want to talk about here, um, is to let <coughs> people know that there is a program for people who are non-intellectually disabled um, to be involved on these unified teams. And the reason is it's not that they're competing with the intellectually disabled uh, athletes, but they are because they can't apparently their scores don't count or something. How does that work? Well, there's a lot of different rules that the this or that Special Olympics has in place. But what it is is that uh, you, they're competing on the same team with um, and those that have intellectual disabilities. And as we know that just when we're growing any new skill, the way we gain that skill is by having uh, someone along us that is more skilled or a better mentor, you know, that we can, you know, become. Yes, yes, and absolutely. That is something like there's a lot of our athletes that get to that point where their skill level can uh, make them so that they can actually be in a, a non-Special Olympic sport in a high school or in a middle school, yet... They don't feel the confidence, but when they get into unified teams or get into more competition, they can gain that uh, confidence knowing, hey, I can compete with everybody. I have the skill. I, I, I'm able to function as a teammate. And so, we have athletes like that. Seth is one in Warrington. He runs on the cross-country in Warrington High School track teams now, but he got his confidence and brought his skill level up through Special Olympics. So this is an opportunity for people, uh, for students, um, no matter what their ability, um, to to be involved with Special Olympics, even if they're not intellectually disabled as an athlete. So because not only are they inspiring, they're helping, they're working on their own skills, but they're inspiring the Special Olympics athletes. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you want to do. You want to do more outreach and bring more uh, young people into the program. Because, again, that also fosters understanding, builds bridges, um, tolerance, compassion. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing program. So re be sure you understand that Special Olympics competitions are completely separate from unified sports competitions. And the unified sports is the one where we... Um, school-age students play on teams with Special Olympics athletes, but it's like a separate league for their competitions. But, uh, you know, and that just brings in, you know, it, we don't have to have that full-on skill. We don't have to be that star soccer player or that star, <laughs> star uh, mm -hmm. athlete at the high school team. You know, we can just in, 
desire to volunteer and be a part of the organization. Um, there's so many opportunities for you to uh, volunteer with us. You don't have to be just a, an athlete or a coach. We need volunteers for events. We need volunteers to cheer us on. We need volunteers for um, just people that would be willing to cheer, uh, take photos and cheer us on. It's There's so many off opportunities. And it's so rewarding. It so is. So rewarding. Um, and so as a coach, like, did you, how did you learn to be a coach for Special Olympics? <laughs> how I learned how to be a coach to be a Special Olympics, um, it was asked by my father to take on a role that, hey, you're good at soccer, which I can't awfully say I was, you know, always that great. But, uh, you know, I was asked to do it. And I went to a training class and I fell back on my experience growing up in soccer and also doing my senior project as a high school, uh, as a LCYSA soccer coach, you know, and it really was, all right, I got to set up practice this way. And uh, it, it just fell into place. The athletes really started clicking they like, all right we're going to do a passing drill we're going to do a scrimmage we're going to do this drill you know you got to mix it up you got to keep the athletes involved but it you just start clicking all cylinders and you're like all right we got to do this we got to do that so. well it's it sounds like it's um a joyful experience and the reason that you all are engaged with special Olympics and continue to be engaged um is because of the differences you see that this makes this program Absolutely. What, and what we find, too, and you can read it all over the world in Special Olympics on, on websites and things, the things that people, volunteers say when they come in, well, I was a little nervous at first. I didn't know if I'd know how to relate to the athletes or, or what it would be like. And then they come out saying, I'm addicted. <laughs> it's joyful. I see their examples of courage and, and everything, and it just makes my life so much better. That's what volunteers say after just starting with us. We also have a need for volunteers because to protect a population that could be more at risk, a little more vulnerable, we have strong, uh, strict requirements to provide one Class A volunteer for every four athletes at any of our events, be it practice, competition, anything, which means you've, that volunteer has passed a background check and taken a little bit of safety training and so on. So it's not difficult to do, but we need you. So if we add sports we, and add athletes, which we want to do, we need more volunteers. And the coaches don't need to be athletic. They don't need to be experienced because there's training for them. Other volunteer opportunities are with our fundraising. Maybe just at one event a year, you come and help us wash cars or do something like that. Or um, there's, there's just so many. You asked me about the fundraising, Donna, and what I didn't get around to saying because I get so excited about the programs is that our fundraising in the past has been typically car washes and some things like that. We love those because it gives almost anybody in the community an opportunity to donate. You don't have to have a lot in your pocket to come to a car wash and support Special Olympics. But we're branching out now because, again, we're growing our program. So we're going to be holding at least one, possibly two bigger events a year where we're going to look for 
for a tremendous amount of support for people to donate wonderful auction items or services or particularly experiences. And that's what we're working towards for this fall is one of these very special events. And we're already launched with some amazing auction things donated to us. <coughs> That's great, and that and and we'll you'll have to keep us posted on all that so that we mm-hmm. know when these are happening. So we we just have a few minutes left, and I'd like for everyone to have an opportunity to say a few more words. Um, uh, again, I want to um, let you all know that um, Special Olympics Clatsop County um, has a Facebook page. They have an Instagram. Um, it's a local program. It's open to all individuals eight years and older living with intellectual disability. And through sports training and competition, these athletes develop physical fitness and they find acceptance and friendships. Um, And it sounds like you have approximately 42 Special Olympics athletes that are served by this countywide program annually. Yes, that's correct. Uh, That's annually and they come out not just for one sport, they come out for all sports. They just enjoy being around each other and being competitive. Well, Misha, you're a great example of that because look at all, everything you've done. I mean, it sounds like you kind of went out for every single sport. Oh, yes. <laughs> and what was your favorite? My favorite was equestrian, mm-hmm. even though we don't have one in this area. But, but that might happen. Yeah, it could happen. happen. Is there anything that you'd like the listening audience to know about you or about Special Olympics and how valuable this program is? Special Olympics is very important. The adults need the kids that don't that have parents that have intellectual disabilities, um, please let them have that chance because you never know. It might spark something that you never seen in your child. That is very well said because I think we did talk about earlier that some parents don't don't put their children out there to be part of this, and you're saying please let them have that opportunity because yeah. it could create a spark of something fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Misha. Yeah. Uh, David, any other things that you would like the listening audience to know about Special Olympics, Special Olympics Clatsop County? Please uh, check us out. Come out to one of our events. Feel the need to volunteer, get others engaged. And uh, hey, if a donation's what you is on your heart, Please get in contact with us. Again, we're on Facebook. We're on um, Instagram. And we'll contact you and we'll reply as quick as we can. Uh, you know, I think we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, about the fact that there is such joy and almost like an innocence, a joy, um, a purity of spirit in Special Olympics, in, in, the, in this kind of thing. And we so need that in this world today because it is, it is a complex world. It is a confusing and uh, can be um, depressing sometimes world. And to be part of something which brings such joy um, is good for us and it's good for others. Oh, yes, definitely. And Peggy. What last things would you like the listening audience to know? I have one minute. You have a couple minutes. In in the World Games that Misha went to, also were President... 
Bill and First Lady Hillary Clinton. To provide for their security, they were seated far at the top of the stadium. And a professional photographer shared his experience there. He was there to photograph the event, and he noticed a group of beautifully dressed, in their native clothing, um, athletes from an African country. But he noticed that they were holding the disposable cameras that all the athletes had been given backwards as they were aimed up towards president and first lady. And he thought, well, I'm not sure if they speak English. I don't know how to go over. I don't, I don't know what to say. But he thought he didn't want to have them waste their film. He went over and showed them that they should hold it the other way to take pictures. And the athlete show, told him very graciously, thank you, sir. We're holding it this way so that we can see them better. They were holding it backwards to get like a telescoped view. Wow. And he said he had gone there thinking he was helping give them the experience of a lifetime, Thousand Voice Choir, Sandra Bullock. It was huge, the whole event. He instead was the one that said he came home with the experience of a lifetime. And he said, you will see a different view of the world if you turn your lens around. Yes, a different perspective. That is a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that, Peggy. Well, I want to thank all of you. Thank you, Misha, David. Thank you, Peggy. And Alicia, thank you for being here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, Alyssa, I think it is. Alyssa. Sorry, forgive me, Alyssa. And thanks, all of you, so much for the important work you're doing. And um, I just uh, ask all of our listeners to uh, open your hearts to Special Olympics and see how you can be involved. Oh, and see us in the Regatta Parade. We will be there. Yay. Okay, Regatta Parade. You can see them then. Thank you so much, all of you. And Dylan Hauser-Schalk, thank you for your great engineering, as usual. Uh, My gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, find a moment for yourself. In fact, let's all take that moment right now. Take a deep breath. It's so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be things that aren't going well, but focus with gratitude on the things that are. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, the only one you are. And for doing the best you can because everyone really is. And for being here now in the only moment which exists, the now moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth.